Welcome to The Anxiety Advantage, the podcast exploring how we can thrive in an age of anxiety. I'm Yang Mei Ui. And I'm River Easley Brown. So we have a different format today. River is going to be my co-host for this episode. Thank you very much for having me. So for the listeners who don't know us, let's start by telling everyone who we are and why we're here. So I'm River Easley Brown. I, I'm a film producer based in Cornwall and I'm here because I think it'd be great to share and hopefully help people by sharing anxieties and worries that I feel and we feel. I'm 25. So I'm Yang Mei Ui. I'm a writer and podcaster. I'm originally from Malaysia. I'm Chinese. Now I'm British and I'm 59. I'm a film producer and I suppose editor and cameraman and presenter and writer and all sorts and mate I suppose. <laughs> and you started off life as an actor? I started off exactly yes and that's where I'd managed to get the amazing job that I've got now is through acting at Falmouth University and that was three years ago. Fantastic. So now River you were one of the sparks for why I started the Anxiety Advantage podcast. Shall we share with the listeners how, how we met? Yes, let's so yeah, exactly. It was it must it was on the fifteenth of May this year, twenty twenty two, and my dad was having a birthday party for him. His sixtieth. And his cousin is actually your partner. So the first time we met we had these amazing chats and and within sort of five minutes of chatting we were like really getting in the nitty gritty and really good chats. I didn't say this actually, but when we went and sat down we all had name placements i actually swapped mine with someone else so that i could sit sit next to you and then so and then we just had these great chats and yeah at one stage we were chatting about our worries and things and then you said what sort of podcast would you like to do it just an up in the air question and and i said i'd love to talk about my emotions or i'd love to talk some something deeply about my fears and hopefully other people will be able to relate to that. Yeah. That's fantastic. I didn't realise you were stalking me at that party. I thought, what a wonderful coincidence that we're sitting next to each other because I very much enjoyed our chat where we were standing around having drinks. So it yeah. was a great pleasure to, oh, wow, River sitting next to me. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I went along to this party, to the dinner party, thinking, oh, it's going to be 60-somethings, which will be fine and it'll, it would be great fun anyway. But it was a fantastic bonus to, to meet you and talk about creative things, filmmaking, writing, just living the creative life. And I saw you, there you are, you're tall, hunky, good-looking, young fellow, you're an underwater cameraman, and you spend your life on boats and on the sea. And for me, I'm quite timid when it comes to the great outdoors. And to meet someone like you, it's like, wow, amazing. And then when you shared, just shared very openly and frankly, that you live with anxiety. I thought, how can this action man have anxiety? Because I felt, oh gosh, my life is filled with anxiety and I'm a timid little writer. Why can't I enjoy the great outdoors in the same way as someone like that? But to hear you say that, it allowed me to open up to you about my anxiety. And when I saw the reaction on your face, you were like, I, I could see that you were going, oh, she has anxiety. Exactly. It was exactly that because I was like, how on earth could a very well put together, well self-assured, or, or that, was the, that was the vibe I got woman who's been a, a successful lawyer and doing creative things and writing, which are things that I 
dream of doing is, is also having the same sort of thing and also from a very very different background and different life experience and yet we can share in that moment and uh, a, a quite a surprise actually so yeah it was lovely yeah and so as a result i went away and i thought wow that was so empowering for me and i got a sense it was also quite empowering for you and i said what would it be like to share these experiences further afield through a podcast. And so I started to think about the anxiety advantage. So I'm absolutely delighted that you are going to be part of this journey of discovery through podcasting together. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it's it. So now we were talking about all the different things that, that make us anxious. And so I thought it would be quite fun if we made a list and shared here our list of things that make us anxious. Exactly. And yeah. for me, when I was preparing that list, I had so many anxieties. I thought this is really embarrassing. So I said, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so let's let's try and narrow it down to ten. So how about you? What was your experience of putting the list together? Oh, it was it exactly that. It started out with a list of, I think over three days, I wrote three different lists of ten. So I had about twenty-five to thirty different worries that I'd experienced or remembered. And, and yeah, and then I started whittling them and it felt really lovely, actually, because I was saying this earlier is to notice the times when I was anxious, I'd be like, oh, I've got something to talk about. Oh, this is exciting. This is really, this is cool. I'm going to be like, I can put this into a frame. And also for me, just writing something down, which is half of the times that I write down in social situations is because I'm writing down worries or fears that I'm having and I'm going, Oh, great. That's all that is. And also I might be able to share it and bring it to the table. Okay, fantastic. So would you like to share your first five? I would. So we've got, and I'll elaborate just briefly on, on each of them. So number one is being a social and emotional chameleon, which I just quite like that little phrase anyway. But that's essentially the worry that I'm, I'm a slightly different, I almost put on a character that's slightly different for everyone I meet and I worry that when those different people meet up together, that they'll see different versions of me and not know who I am. And I don't know who I am and all that. And anyway, number two is letting people down, which I think a lot of my anxieties filter towards is that just fear that the things that I do might let people down. Three is saying no to people, which is, again, it just, that's the worry is that if I say no, someone will be like, Oh, he's such, he just doesn't do anything for any, for anything or anyone. And it's, oh, I better do everything, but you can't do everything for everyone all the time. Four is when people ask me, what do I do? Which, yeah, is, which is, I'll, I'll elaborate on further, but it, the, essentially it's, I do so many things and I don't know how to frame it all into a quick sentence. I'd sometimes love to just be able to like have a sentence that I could just say and relay to people and go, yep, that's me all over, done. No worries. And finally, drinking coffee. And here I am sat drinking coffee. So one of the things that makes me anxiety, but I do like drinking coffee, but it just gets me tetchy and on edge. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, what All the things that you've said really resonate with me because mm -hmm. I think it's about, you want people to like, well, I, I want people to like me and I want people to, I don't want to let people down. I don't want that, that look of disdain or anger or, or anything to pick up that kind of negative vibe. So what I I really, really connect with with what you're saying, and and that is part of the sort of anxiety that that I experience in in life as well. So, okay, so I'm going to now talk about my five first five. So for me, is any team 
or competitive sport. And it's, I think it's a leftover from school where um, I'm not very coordinated. I'm not very sporty. I would be picked last for the netball team. And I understood why, because when I was playing netball, I'd drop the ball and I'd, oh, it's just, it was just horrible. And again, it's partly letting people down. And number two is the great outdoors. I, I love the great outdoors. It's so beautiful. Go for a long hike and I've hiked the Grand Canyon and walking through British countryside. But it scares me because I think, oh, what if I get lost? What if I break a leg? I'm going to die out here in the wilderness. <laughs> or what if there's a mad axeman or, or a wild coyote that, that will come and get me? Number it's three. <laughs> yeah, those, <laughs> so, those rolling hills of Oxford that's right. <laughs> with the coyotes. So. Yes. <laughs> and so number three is kayaking. I love kayaking. I've only just started it and it's beautiful to be out in the water. But equally, I'm terrified of the cold water. I don't want to drown and it's all just horrible and wet, but I also love it. And number four is wearing high heels. And I'll elaborate on that, but that's tottering around in high heels when I was younger was just painful and horrible. And I wish I could just wear flat shoes. And number five is travel, visiting somewhere new. I love going to new places, but when I go to somewhere new, it's like, oh, it's a bit scary. I don't know the language. I don't know where anything is. What if I get mugged? Also, another part of travel is about, I, I hate missing, I'll be terrified of missing my flight or my train. So I'm always very anxious. I have to get there really, really early. Oh, I can completely relate to that. And I always, I put myself in these situations. I find myself put almost just just fight getting myself in these sticky situations especially with travel like i've had to get the last two flights i've had to get on my own to one to canada and one to somewhere else i can't remember anyway both oh no it was spain or something and both of them i rocked up to the gate and i'd forgotten to do my visa and the other one i'd forgotten to print off my boarding pass and so i just and I had no time at all. And they were like, you need to go over there to the reception and sort your stuff out now. And anyway, and yeah, and the competitive sport one, I, I just, it just reminded me of something that happened at the beginning of the week. So I usually pride myself on, on doing competitive sport. I love touch rugby and I love well, kayaking and all sorts, but, but I was, I was in a situation where there were a few young lads and they would, they just, over they overran this touch rugby session and and they were younger than me and yet they were quite boisterous and I was like number one I used to be that guy at, and also you scare me and you're being really offensive and hurting me and I don't like touch rugby I don't like competitive sport anymore so I never thought I'd be able to relate to you on that one but I actually did this week so anyway yeah. that makes me feel so much better you're welcome <laughs> over to you for your next five um, scary yeah. things so uh, not, yeah, my next one is voicemails, which is, is a weird one. But I do, honestly, when I pick up my phone and I see that little numberless red dot on the top of me icon, I'm like, oh gosh, I've got a voicemail. What have I forgotten? Who have I, what have I missed? Kind of thing. And oh, I, I didn't get that call. What if they needed me? What if there was an emergency? And I'm like, oh, I did. And anyway, that runs my brain for a few minutes. And then rejection. Rejection can come in all sorts of forms, but we're slightly, we're just worried about the fact that people won't like us. And yeah, it goes into everything, asking people on dates or whatever it is. Anyway, telling people that I feel anxious. So, so it is, I mean, that's counterintuitive. Again, I'm putting myself in the situation, but I'm, I don't like telling people that I feel anxious because 
they might think, oh, I have to tread on eggshells now around this person because he's, because he gets anxious all the time. And so I'm like, I'd rather hold that than, than give that worry to people, which I just, I know deep down that that's the wrong way to do it because it's lovely to share. Anyway, number nine is spending money. Spending money is, yeah, that's just, I just sometimes get worried that I've spent too much. I say that, but I, I dropped five and a half thousand pounds on a Morris Minor the other day, which, yeah, so that was, anyway, I love that car and I would have spent any money because it's a lovely thing. But yeah, anyway, and heights is the last one. I just, yeah, I just get like uh, that, like in my gut feeling of I'm going to, Am I going to jump? I'm, oh, I might. Oh, I don't trust myself. I might. I might actually jump, and I don't want to do that. And it's that's ridiculous. I also actually I have a I have a bonus one as well, which I didn't mention, and that's fancying people. And it's like I quite I quite like that. I thought that the other day, and it was just like, oh, it's 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 a kind of nice thing. Like, like fancying someone is because just you know you get a bit worried, and like it is rejection, and it's and it's the same feeling as them not fancying you but anyway so that's my that's my five what about what, well, thank, what do you think thank about you, that I, again i i think <laughs> i completely uh, understand uh, all that because it is about experiencing rejection and oh i don't i don't want to be rejected it's just a horrible feeling so you don't take the risk of asking the person that you fancy out or you don't take the risk of doing something because you're already anticipating the outcome but actually that's magical thinking because you don't know until until you do it like the travel thing it's like you know that actually going on holiday and having those experiences is incredible but it comes with it some degree of of worry exactly and this heights thing i'm so glad you said that because i always thought i'm also scared of heights but i didn't put it on my list but that that sense that you're standing on the ledge and say oh i might just fall over just lean in a little bit more and i might mm. fall and what would it be like to float oh my god i must not stop that yeah top this yeah. thing oh what would it be like to float yeah oh, i might think that i can fly for a second and and then not and then it not work out and yeah yeah so my yeah. next five actually the top of my next five is i'm anxious about what others think of me which actually touches on quite a number of of those things that you've described and for me it it is i don't want to be rejected i don't want to be laughed at and and that is related to competitive sport you need to be laughed at as, oh, you're so uncoordinated which i know anyway but don't tell me to my face and the the next one is eating out in restaurants on my own and that i think is again is about think I, i'm thinking all those diners out there with their they're in couples or they're with a group of friends they'll look at me and they're like oh that poor sad woman she's all on her own she's got no friends and then suddenly i'm crying into my coffee but actually they're probably not thinking about me at all Mm-hmm. And the next one is, okay, this is a bit embarrassing, but maybe it's an old lady thing. Not finding somewhere to pee when I'm out and about. <laughs> and this is where the great outdoors is a good thing because you can always just find a bush. But if you're in the middle of the city <laughs> and you think, oh my God, I got to find the ladies and you can never find one. And it's, I guess it's the fear of well wetting my pants in public. And that, that's- Well, don't worry about that. I've done that. So I've been there and in my car on on a motorway. And it just went all hell broke loose. Anyway, so it it can happen. 
but I made it. I survived. Oh, fantastic. I survived the ordeal. And actually, the other one is other people's anxiety. When I see someone anxious, I get all anxious on their behalf, and I feel anxious. And I think they call it mirror neurons, where we are programmed to be empathetic with people. So when someone is anxious, I go, oh, 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 how, how I want to make them better. I want to make them better, but I don't know how. And then I get into a cycle of anxiety. And the final one is being trapped or forgotten. And so you hear these things in the news. There was this woman who went to stay in a holiday cottage by herself, and she got trapped in a cupboard by accident. And they only found her after five days, and she had died in that period. And it was just awful. So I, my mind gravitates to these stories of people being abandoned and forgotten and, and dying all alone. And so that is a, a huge worry on my part. Wow. Yeah, that's an extraordinary, that's a good list. It made me think when, when you mentioned about being alone in, in, in restaurants, I love doing that. I love going to restaurants and being alone and just, I just take my book and I just write stuff down and like in a pub or something, it's really nice. So, but I completely understand that oh, people are watching me. People are thinking of me, but also that they will probably be thinking exactly the same things, like probably thinking, oh, it's, are they watching me? Are they doing? And we're all, we all end up living in this place of, am I being watched? Am I being judged? Am I, you know, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's a shame because if we were able to, to have that conversation more or just relax into all those situations, we'd actually be all right, be all right sharing those experiences. I think I'm going to take a leaf out of your book and go and try and have lunch by myself, maybe with a book or a journal, and see how that feels. Actually, just reminded me, a friend of mine, the author Anna Saburn Lane, we were talking about this exactly thing, and she says she walks into a restaurant and thinks of herself as in, as an international woman of mystery. And she'll sit at the table and she'll think, those people are looking at me and going, who is that woman? Who is that mysterious woman writing in her that's journal? It. Well, that's well, every, I think... We are storytellers. Human beings are innately storytellers. And you can tell yourself any story you want. And yeah, so to some degree, what was her name? Sorry. Anna. Anna. We'll tell herself the story. And there's something in our brain, whether it's neurons or whatever, called belief. And we can, we will believe those stories. And so, yeah, if the story you tell is, I'm this majestic creature running around and able to do anything, the impossible, then... And the, the wonder of that, it actually takes you over in your, because the brain doesn't know the difference between real and fake. So it's like actually living that. And it's like, oh, wow. But then also it goes the other way. And when, when the story you're telling yourself is I'm being judged, I'm being watched, I'm being rejected. I, I letting everyone down is like, then you live in that little world as well. But it's, it's yin and yang and it's yin and yang, mate. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, they all need to be together. That's a wonderful frame for how we can rethink things. So well, it's easy on paper to say, but anyway. <laughs> let's, let's dive into a couple of our lists yeah. and go into them in a bit more depth. So what's mm. the first one that you'd like to dig into a bit more deeply? Yeah, the first one I'd like to go into is, is, is when people ask me, what do I do? Because I have, I feel as though I do all sorts of things. I feel like I'm, some days I wake up, I'm a presenter. Some days I wake up and I, I'm about to go do some editing. Some days I've, there's this wonderful piece of land in Cornwall that we go and work on. And so most of the times I go there and just write. But, but sometimes I do a bit of work, like pick elderflower or cut grass or whatever. And so like, I might be a, 
the camera operator the next day or producer or anything. And I feel like I do all these things. And so when people ask me, I, 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 I can't frame it all into like a sentence. And I feel like I'm telling people something slightly different every time because I don't really know. And they might catch me out. It's a little bit imposter syndrome vibes. Like I don't deserve all the things that I have and I, and you know, worry about that and self-worth. And, but yeah, I think some, to some degree, I would love it if, if I could just one day wake up and be given, I don't know, from the subconscious or from whatever the universe spirits and stuff, just say, tell me, oh, this is what you do. Just say this, like a nice two sentence thing that I can just go, I wake up, I do this. I mean, that's whatever. And it's just like, oh, there we go. Fine. That's who I am. Fantastic. But it, it doesn't work like that. But also I I realized like I set myself up for this, like with all the others, I ask people, what do you do? Because it's just one of the things we ask, but, and then obviously I'm, they're going to ask me, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Who am I? Anyway. Yeah. So that's really interesting because I think what it, it's actually a commentary on our society that we want to put people in boxes. It's, it's a category and it's a lot easier to go, oh, this is River. He's a film producer. Easy. But actually, if you then add on all those other things, it's, oh, my brain can't cope with, 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 with all those other categories. But actually, isn't that who we are as human beings? We're more than just our jobs. But perhaps in our society, that is how we define ourselves. And if one feels that one doesn't fit into that category, it imposes quite a lot of self-anxiety in, in there. I was I have a similar problem because I'm at one time when I was working in, in, in the city, I was a lawyer. Uh, a writer and a theatre performer, a podcaster, a blogger, and uh, and a public speaker. Oh, that's a dream. And, and, and so on. Amazing. I love that. And, and someone um, introduced me because I think I was uh, being interviewed on something, and they inter- uh, they introduced me as multi hyphenated. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's that's the news that multi hyphenates all those many things. But also on top of that, you know, brothers, sons, daughters, partners, mates, mates, yeah. exactly. And so uh, actually. Actually, there is more to us than just the, the label. And maybe could we see your anxiety around that as actually saying, something, you know, anxiety tells us something's not right. And we often interpret that as something's not right with us. But actually, what if it's something that's not right with society? That it's not right that we just have to be in a box. And actually, you are more than your box. It, it, that's a really good point. And we should... we really should acknowledge that a little bit more you're right the whole boxing up of categorizing things words will never do justice what we do what you do is is who you are and it can't fully be explained it somehow encapsulates love and and joy and like adoration and or, or longings and things and every element of your being and your soul that's what you do and that will change every day, like, because it's a slightly different day with different challenges and things. And if society could acknowledge that and just go, actually, yeah, just be still, be still in that moment and go, right, how are you? How even are you today? How does that happen? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And it starts with this kind of conversation. Absolutely. And I think also over the course of a lifetime, one evolves and does different things. Someone who I know who was a journalist is now a yoga teacher and, and so on. And so 
being able to adapt to to the call, the call of our soul at a particular time in our life as to what we do, how we serve others, what we contribute to the world is as important as a, a job because actually the job is part of it, but actually it's it's about connecting with others. Mm, wonderful. Well, can you explain a little bit about one of your... Yes. So I my one on my list is wearing high heels. And that was related in, in my early 20s to my sense of identity. And I I was a tomboy. I loved, I had a little soldier's outfit and I had a little toy gun and I would run around. I loved Star Trek. And it was all about kind of adventure and boisterousness and inhabiting my own male energy and having that exuberance, which you can do in flat shoes and so on. And I thought, well, I'm not going to worry about growing up to be a young woman because when I turn 18, I will magically turn into a very poised <laughs> young woman. Who Cinderella. Can, Cinderella. Yeah. I can wear beautiful skirts and, and high heels. And I came to uni here in Oxford. I started, it was much more difficult than just magically one morning turning, waking up like that. But I evolved into this young woman because because I felt that was what was expected of me as a young woman in my 20s. And I wanted to have boyfriends. And I did have a number of very good looking, talented, kind young men who, who were my boyfriends over a period of time. And But I felt I had to dress up for them as a, a girly girl, because that was what I thought that they wanted or society wanted of me. And it was only later on in my late 20s that I realised it started to emerge and I allowed myself to accept my sexuality and I came out as gay. And in that moment, I threw away all my high heel shoes because I thought, I don't have to please men anymore. And of course, it's not, it's just in my own head that I thought that men wanted a sexy, pretty young woman in high heels because there are many men out there who, for them, that's not important. But that was just what I was carrying in my head. And so I was able then to wear biker boots and flat shoes. And I spent the last 20 or 30 years of my life being more of a tomboy. But actually, as I've emerged now in, in the last few years with my new partner, and just being in a different phase of my life, I've started to re-embrace high heels and wear skirts and all that because I realise I am both. I am both a tomboy and a, a, a woman who likes pretty things and who likes to inhabit those essentially feminine things. And the other aspect of this anxiety around high heels led me as a creative person to write my solo theatre show called Bound Feet Blues, A Life Told in Shoes. And that was about my struggles with my identity as a, a young woman. Am I straight or am I gay? Does it really matter? And that uh, linked in with my great-grandmother who had bound feet. And I remember thinking about my great-grandmother as a child, thinking, gosh, with bound feet, how on earth do you play? How on earth do you run around? And it, I, I related in in that play and in the book memoir that I wrote alongside the play, bound feet and high heels with a question of femininity, feminism, and who we are as women. So what started as something that was painful and difficult for me personally emerged later on in my life as one of the highlights of my creative career. Amazing. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right with the fact that we aren't just one. We don't wake up one day and we are masculine or we are a film producer or we are a mate or a, an 
evil person. We we are all sorts all the time. And it is about embracing those things. And we're all on a spectrum, on a scale of feminine and masculine, just talking about that. Actually, one one, one time in Falmouth, I was wandering around in Cornwall and it, I was going to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so I was dressed up in drag and someone actually stopped me and said, really love your look. Can I give you my card? And wanted to like photograph me or something. Anyway, that was fantastic. I never, never came to anything in the end, but I, I was wandering around actually in that moment, I was wandering around and I felt amazing. I felt like, wow, someone noticed me and enjoyed that. And, and I'm, and I'm wearing something that I definitely don't usually wear. I was short crop shorts and like glitter everywhere, a bra type thing. And yeah, and high heels. Are, I'm pretty sure high heels. Anyway. I looked great, but then like five minutes later, I walked past some rugby lads and was like, oh gosh, they're going to be, what am I doing? What am I? And then, and you can, we, we have these sways and it's the same. The swings of, of emotion are the same with who we are at times. Absolutely. So So now what about you? So my, yeah, saying no to people, I have a, I have a worry about when people ask me to do something, I think I, I cannot say no to, I can't say no to that because, because I'll, I'll lose you as a friend or something, or you'll think badly of me. Or also I've been doing this for so long. I've been, I've been saying yes to everything all the time for so long. Then as soon as I start saying no, people are going to be like, hang on, that's not who you are like that. You've changed. And I, and, and they'll catch on and be like, oh yeah. Anyway. And what was the other thing I was going to mention about? So, so in saying no to people, I, I think people are going to, if I tell them that I, that I want to say no and that I'm anxious about saying no, they might be like, Oh, I've got to tread on eggshells around this person or whatever. And I, yeah, I'm trying to think of a, of, of a positive to bring out of saying no to people, but it is, I deep down know that it'd be lovely to just to sometimes just be like, actually really, really can't be bothered. Um, so, so how, how how have you navigated occasions when you felt you had to say no? Well, actually, I've noticed that the times that I've said no, it's been great, and like, and and the worry that I've built up in my head, and the sort of potential disaster and ca- catastrophe that I've invented, is actually it just doesn't exist. I I I invent stories surrounding my actions that then never play out the way I think they will. So yeah, so I might say no to someone. I don't know if, if, I don't know if we're going to the shops and someone, I don't, I don't know, drop, I don't, I don't know an example, but if I just say, oh no, sorry, I'm, I'm going to bed or whatever it is, then I'm set free in doing that. And they don't kick off. My friends don't go, wait, hang on. What, that's ridiculous. You, you were meant to say yes to me and you, I'm going to leave. I'm not doing anything ever for you again or whatever. And it's just like, oh God, invent- I catastrophize things so much and so often that it just, it worries me. And I, and I don't like, to, and I mentioned this, I don't like telling people because I don't want that. I don't want them to have to worry for me, but I know for a fact that, that it is so freeing to share that experience. I think again, the, the positives is around, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. 
you don't want to, and, and this fear of rejection is you don't want to be cast out is a very primal feeling. And that when we try to accommodate people, it's partly about establishing rapport. It's getting to know someone, getting to, to, to let them know I've got your back. And in return, they've got your back. But obviously, that isn't always the case 100% that you have to be at their beck and call. Once you've established the baseline of, of love and respect and, uh, and friendship, then from time to time, it's really important to, to step up in your own authentic self and to be yourself and to say, well, actually, tonight, I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. And if they are your friend and they care about you, they go, well, sure, you look really tired. See you tomorrow. And that's quite natural because you would do exactly the same if they said that. That's it. And and I, I think that's right. I think and, as, and, and you, my friends bring out the best of me and a slightly different version of me every time. But th- that's it. I know that I love it when people ask me to do a thing, things for people. And I know that that actually they probably like it when I'd asked them to do things for people. And, and that goes into the whole, the actual anxiety thing is, is the times when people have expressed their true anxieties to me, I've felt so honoured and privileged to be able to share that with, to be able to share in that with them. And it's just, it's just lovely to be able to do that rather than having to, yeah. And it's, invent stuff. Yes, it's also about, uh, we're back to telling stories, you know, how yeah. you were saying about how we tell the stories in our head. We tell the story, oh my God, they're going to reject us. That's mm-hmm. not the reality. And then when you say no, and they go, yeah, and you go, well, that's the true story. Yeah. You know, I've got to trust in the, in, in the truth. Yeah. And share it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I'm now going to finish off with my last thing from my list. And it's related to everything that you said, which is essentially what others think of me. And I, I get anxious. I used to be more anxious in, in the past, walking into a, a room where I didn't know people. I still feel a little anxious now. Or I'm at work and ooh, I want to do the job perfectly. Or if I've hurt someone, did I say something wrong? Did I upset this person? So all those thoughts are going on in my head all the time. And they were much more intense and much more judgmental when I was younger. But what I realised, reflecting back, just preparing for for our conversation today, looking back, is why is it that it seems to be less dimin- uh, more diminished now? This this talk in my head going, oh, you, you've upset that person, and 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 they're going to think badly of you. And I think it's to do with the fact that over time I've taken a bit of a risk. Each time I I walk into that into that party and they go, oh, they're all they're all staring at me. They 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 don't know me, and and I oh, I'm just so embarrassed. I go up and I talk to someone, and actually it's fine. They talk back to me, and we have a lovely conversation, and I make a friend. <laughs> yeah. And so the more I did that over time at different parties and overcame my moment of anxiety, I just go take a breath and I ch- I'm not charge in, but I walk in, and so I do that now, and so. You, you get this uh, confirmation that every time I do something, oh, actually people respond to me quite nicely. It's very, very rare that someone will just turn away and go, who are you? I don't want to talk to you. And, so, and also you wouldn't want to be surrounded by people like that. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. exactly. So actually, so the more I took a risk, the more I did something like that, the more I realized, hey, it's okay. So that now I can say to the voice in my head, look. 99.9% of the time I walk into that party, it's fine. So 
please be quiet. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for warning me that I might be in a position where I might get eaten by piranhas by these people in the party. And, you know, that's fine. It's nice to have a little warning. That means it, it ups my game. So I just don't, I, I, that means I don't just go to a party and kind of go, oh, I'm just going to be a lump here. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm, I actually make the effort. So that is the little bit of positive from the anxiety energy that I, I take it and I turn it and use it as fuel for chatting. You're callousing your mind. You're building up that resistance. And exactly that is practice for anyone. But I do think particularly for, for men and males, we're not very well practiced at talking about our emotions because most of the time we don't actually know how to express what we feel. And that goes with for everyone. Words don't always do justice to, to the way we feel. And so, but if we, if we start practicing and allowing ourselves to feel these things, then we will be set free. And it is about callousing the mind and it's difficult. But in those situations of, for instance, a party, yeah, it, it's so easy. It's the easiest thing to do is to give in to your excuses, give in to those stresses and, and listen to them. But, but actually we're set free when, we go traveling and when we go into these situations, when we drink coffee or go into parties and stand up tall and strong and go, I'm going to learn something today from someone I don't know, even though it might just be, I might say something wrong or say something strange and they might be like, oh, he's a weirdo and I don't want to talk to him or whatever. But practice, I really do believe that in practice of just letting yourself feel, letting yourself be yourself is so freeing. Well, yeah. that's a, a, a wonderful way to actually to go forward in life, to be curious, to take a little bit of a risk, to free, to free ourselves. So we're coming up to the end of the episode now, and I would just like to wrap up with some thoughts around some positive things that have emerged for us today in talking about anxiety. And I'll go first so I can leave you with the last word. And I think it's been a wonderful conversation that we've had. And I've what I've taken away from you that you've shared with me today is connecting with our emotions, not to be afraid of them and to share them with other people. That's one. And the second thing is actually the stories in our head. To challenge myself is what's the story I'm telling in my head and do a reality check. Is that really the true story? Or can I reframe? Can I tell myself another story? Or actually go in with no expectation, no story at all, and see what the, what story emerges. So how about you, River? What do you take away from today? Well, I it makes me think of the process of when we were building up to this, the last few weeks where we've been talking via email and WhatsApp and things about these things, about these worries and anxieties. And I noticed the times when I'd get worried and anxious, I'd be like, oh, I've got something else to talk about. and And it's come out in this in in this chat and i've you know even one of my worries was that i won't be able to fit it all in we've done all this research i've really enjoyed the process i've actually enjoyed the process of noticing my emotions and one of my worries was like oh I, i'm not going to be able to squeeze it all in but i've loved this chat and i think that for me it is the only thing to notice is like i've been able to find peace and solace in in experiencing those emotions and then sharing those with you and having this space of openness to be able to allow myself to do that is so I'm honored and privileged to, to be able to work through that. And the world didn't end when I told you all these things. It was fantastic. We smashed it. So actually there is positives to this. And I think that's why this conversation needs to be had. 
Fantastic. And actually, Anxiety became your mate. It too right did. And we're really good buddies now. And I can't wait to learn more about... <laughs> can't bring on the anxiety. Yes. Yeah, so on that note, actually, I'm going to say thank you to River Oosley-Brown for being on this podcast. But actually, this is not the end of River. He's going to be There's more anxiety back. to come. More anxiety to come <laughs> in future episodes. Yeah. So thank you and see you again, River. Thank you very much. My co-presenter for this episode was film producer River Oosley-Brown. River and I touched on different aspects of anxiety in our conversation, which was full of laughter and teasing, largely because we want to change the energy of our anxiety. As River said, by talking about it together, we are starting to see it as a mate, an ally, something that we can choose to hang out with or not. It is helping us to separate it out from something intangible that feels like it's controlling us to something that's different from us, that's separate from us, that we can look at with curiosity and interest. What are the things that make you anxious? And how do you handle the anxiety that comes up for you? Do you have a list of anxieties that you would like to share that can help us all change the energy around anxiety in a positive way? You can email me at anxietyadvantage.uk at gmail.com with your story. I would love to hear from you. You can find links to some of the things we talked about, as well as photos and credits on the show notes page. You can use the bit.ly short link. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash anxiety advantage. Or go to my website, tigerspirit.co.uk and click through to the anxiety advantage. Today, we've had a laugh and changed a bit of the energy around anxiety, thanks to my co-presenter, River Oosley-Brown. If you would like to hear another perspective, you can listen to my conversation with writer James Wood, also known as J.W. Wood, which has a more philosophical and historical angle. Or, for another personal story, take a look at the episode on OCD, anxiety and empathy with nanny and anxiety blogger Ellie Russell. You can follow or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and new episodes will drop into your pod listening app as soon as they are published. And it's free. Views expressed by my guests are entirely their own and do not represent my views. These podcasts come out of my personal experience and perspective, and I do not claim to speak for everyone who may be living with anxiety. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only. If you are affected by anything in these podcasts, please seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified professional. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you will follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's free. New episodes will then pop into your podcast listening app as soon as they are published. I'm Yang Mei Ui. The website link again is bit.ly bit.ly forward slash anxiety advantage if you want to find the show notes page and other episodes. Or go to my website, tigerspirit.co.uk and click through to the anxiety advantage. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram where I am at tigerspirituk. There is also a dedicated anxiety advantage Twitter account at anxietythriver. Or you can simply Google the podcast, The Anxiety Advantage, and my name, Yang Mei Ui. 
Thank you for listening and see you again soon.